welcome to another episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Podcast, where we like to spend our time watching and discussing movies of every possible caliber. Uh, Good movies, bad movies, and movies so ugly that you want to put a bag over their heads. I'm Kelly. I'm Mark. And I'm Charles. It is kind of weird hearing us say our introductions out of order. Like, oh, Kelly's first. But it's cool. (laughs) Good job, Kelly. That was a really good job. (laughs) Thank you. So today we're going to be talking about the work of another old Hollywood starlet, Uh, perhaps dare I say the old Hollywood starlet. Um, There really aren't too many who can compare to her level of beauty, glamour, or enduring fame. And I know I usually try to spread out my actress picks over a longer period of time, and I know we just recently did Marilyn Monroe, but as many of you out there know, uh, the hit FX show Feud just wrapped up earlier this month, and while that's still on people's minds, I couldn't resist uh, a little doing a little homage of my own to the illustrious Joan Crawford. Kelly, um, on our last episode, and I can't really remember, it's been a little while, but did we introduce your pick at the end of the last one? Or did we just completely forget? We did. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just want to make sure that we're <laughs> yeah. we're keeping a, we're gonna we're making Micah proud. We're still trying to live in his shadow. Yes, exactly. We did. But just to to refresh everyone's memory, the movies we're going to be talking about today are Sudden Fear from 1952, Straight Jacket from 1964, and Trog from 1970. Trog. And I feel like you you can't say Trog without saying Trog. It just doesn't work. Uh, so before we get into, I like what we did last time and about having everybody guess which one you think th- that it is uh, before we actually talk about the picks. But before we do that, um, I just want to give just a quick little reason for why I picked Joan Crawford, uh, as well as the feud thing. But um, she's really one of the only stars that I can think of to actually hit her peak 20 years after she became a star because, I mean, she had an extremely famous and hefty silent movie career. Uh, And and her heyday was when Hollywood, as we know it, was still very young. So the people who were big silent movie stars typically did not continue to have successful careers in talkies, and they definitely didn't continue to have successful careers for another 40 years like she did. You know, what a lot of people remember her for is her tendency in her middle and later years to play these very tough nuts and unyielding women. Uh, But she actually had a really wide range, much wider range than that. If you watch her movies from the 30s, she had, I mean, she had this vulnerability. She had this beautiful open face and she could be funny, you know, someone you could see yourself being friends with. So I think she has been just kind of like Marilyn Monroe, you know, warhauled and flattened down into this this one-note image that doesn't do her justice. And so I thought we ought to spend a little bit of time talking about her because she's, you know, like I said, maybe one of the ultimate stars of old Hollywood. And I know you didn't really want to mention it, but I think another reason she, you know, is still part of the culture is uh, because of the movie Mommy Dearest from 1981, I believe. Um, yes. And so again, I'm not going to bring it up much. I just, I do want to at least acknowledge that it exists. It's the, her, um, her adopted daughter's account of growing up, you know, with Joan Crawford and, you know, the, I don't even know how much of it's actually true or if the daughter made up a lot of it or how eccentric she was and all that stuff. Um, I know that 
when you and I were talking about this pick, you you didn't want that to be overshadowing anything else. Um, you want to focus on her acting career and the, all that stuff. So, but um, again, I just wanted to at least mention it that you know we that movie um, is pretty over the top and it's a terrible movie, and and that should not be that should not be your image of Joan Crawford. Um, I would think because if you if you just watch that movie, you're going to hate her. So yeah, Charles, I'm so glad that you said that because I mean you're right. I really don't want to get into the whole ball of wax about Mommy Dearest because I feel like enough has already been said about it. And you're right, it is a terrible, ridiculous, insane movie. Um, it's kind of a funny aside is when they were making it, they they really thought they were making a serious movie. I mean, if you if you dig around and you read interviews and you listen to podcasts or whatever, uh, they, they thought they were making a serious biopic about Joan Crawford and they convinced Faye Dunaway to play her under the auspices of like presenting nuance into the story that Christina Crawford wrote. And so then once they submitted it to, to, you know, focus groups and test screenings so they could get feedback, they realized that everybody thought it was a piece of camp. And so yeah. that they they changed their entire marketing scheme based on that, but they did not plan to make it that way. But it's just, you know, it it really saddens me that this crazy campy character assassination is one of the only things people of our generation even know about Joan Crawford. Exactly, and that's why I wanted to at least mention it because it, it, it kind of is an elephant in the room. I think. It no, you're right. It is well totally, it, but. It brings up the broader question of should we judge somebody's career by their personal life? And I don't think you should, you know. Well, and especially the movie was made after her death. Right. And that's, you know, she can't even defend it. And that sucks. And the book was released after her death, too, which I find kind of convenient. And, you know, if it if all that she if all that Christina wrote was true, then that's very sad. But I really feel like at the very least, there are some details missing and some exaggerations, perhaps, uh, since she published it after her death, we'll never really know the full truth. But rather than getting sucked down into that gossipy rabbit hole, I, like you say, Mark, I prefer to just focus on her movies, her grit, and the fact that she did a great deal, really, to pave the way for more and more movies about strong women. Well, and, and um, the, the show Feud that you, you mentioned, Feud does try to show more of her backstory i mean she had a really hard life yeah so it's it's incredible really all the things she went through in the fact i mean you it not to not to excuse any potential wrongdoing in in rearing her children but uh, as far no, as like, I'm, her I'm not as even a suggesting person that. i'm not even trying to suggest that i just mean it oh was, i know but i it was I definitely was... giving some sympathy for her character when you know, that might not, you might not immediately have that for, for her. Oh, for sure. I, I was saying that more as like a preface of what I was about to say, which was that, you know, you can, her, her upbringing and her very hard childhood and her own abuse that she suffered tells you, it explains a lot about why she was the way that she was. She was very eccentric. And I think feud hit a lot of those bizarre little details that people didn't know about, like having her, her maid called Mamacita, who was German, and they were BFFs. And then she, you know, had her drinking problem, and she covered all of her furniture in plastic. And, you know, she had a lot of odd quirks that, if you look at it in the wider lens of what all she went through, it's it's pretty sad. I mean, it really it is. is, yeah. And then, you know, especially the, that that show was basically about 
older women in Hollywood, you know, still being able to find roles and, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, and I know this is a little bit of jumping ahead, but Trog was her last film and she, mm-hmm. she could not find work. And that's really sad the way that all played out. Um, anyway, but yeah. All right. Cool. It is. And if you haven't seen Feud already, you should definitely check it out. Um, it's really well made. It's eight episodes. Susan Sarandon stars as Betty Davis. Uh, Jessica Lange stars as Joan Crawford. And they, I think they were very respectful with it in their treatment of both women. And it is really interesting to, to hear how they tackle that aging stars. And if you want to hear more uh, <laughs> discussion about aging starlets and what they went through to land roles, you can check out our Hag Horror podcast from a few months back. I thought you were going to say uh, Mae West. Oh, no. Or the Mae West podcast. I thought we were going sextet is what I thought. (laughs) No. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, Okay, so what, of my three picks, which mark do you think is which? Okay, I got to say, I watched Trog first, and I was was sure, just from the title, it had to be your ugly pick. But after (laughs) watching all three, I think uh, Sudden Fear, Good, Straight Jacket, Ugly, and Trog. Trog, bad. (laughs) <laughs> okay so to Charles? speak i i agree with mark but i dis if that is what your three picks are then i disagree with you so oh interesting okay okay somewhat i yeah yeah all right well um let us start with hmm what should we start with i guess we'll start uh, with chronological right so what is the oh, oh okay okay Be cool. sudden, yes. fear. Uh, sudden fear sudden fear from 1952 so this is my good pick Woo-hoo. yes um i just want to quickly mention and we can kind of go back and forth to this as we're discussing the movie but um i know charles when you were when i had not told you oh, like a while back uh i was spitballing ideas of topics i could potentially do and uh, you were pretty sure you knew which one I was going to pick for my good one, and it was not this one. So, and <laughs> I feel true. like most people would probably on on most people's good list. I feel like most people would say Mildred Pierce, right. and so I I want to address just real quickly because I know it's not part of this, but um, Mildred Pierce, if you haven't seen it, is a great movie, and I really like it. And I, you know, I not dissing it by leaving it out, but uh, it has probably the worst on-screen offspring of all time. Vita. 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 She is pure. Oh, she's just the worst. And she really makes the movie so hard to watch. It's, it's such a great movie. It's so well done. Like the cinematography is great, but but that's why, though. I mean, she has to be that way. It, that's what makes the oh, plot work. It's, it's it's heartbreaking. Oh, it is. It is. And that's why I say, you know, it's still a great movie. But as far as movies that I want to just rewatch on a whim, like, I got to be in the right mindset to sit down and watch Mildred Pierce. But uh, Sudden Fear, I, I just, I love Sudden Fear. I could watch it and I pretty agree, much And I agree time. with you, actually. You do? Oh, I, I wow. Do. I agree with you. What a story. rare treat. That's right. I, love <laughs> I, re- I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Like you I did. I think, awesome. I think Jack Palance was awesome. Um, he was great. Really great. Although I actually hadn't seen him young. I always picture him from City Slickers. Yeah. And the and only Batman. thing I kept thinking throughout this movie was he looks exactly like Billy Crudup to me. Yeah, I can see that. Dr. Manhattan from Yeah, I can see that. Anyway. 
Um, he does. The cheekbones are really yeah. similar. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. But I, no, I really, really enjoyed this the kind of film noir, and I thought her performance was amazing in this movie. It is the way she. My favorite thing about it is just the way she silently reacts to things. Mm -hmm. That scene in the middle when she overhears the murder plot on her dictating machine. It's just, it's this long scene. She's not speaking at all. She's just reacting to what she's hearing over the dictating machine. Well, do we want to do a synopsis before we get too into it? Oh, yeah. Yes, I forgot about that. Okay, so per IMDb... Uh, after an ambitious stage actor insinuates himself into the life of a wealthy middle-aged playwright and marries her, he plots with his mistress to murder her. Bum, bum, bum. So Joan Crawford, I mean, she's entered into this phase in her career where she starts playing these, these mature women who, uh, in, I don't know, in so many movies, she's, it's almost like, you know, in film noir, you have the typical femme fatale. But in so many of these movies, in Joan Crawford's later career, she's plagued by an homme fatale. Like this guy, this this man that leads her astray. And she's blinded by love and lust ultimately to her undoing. But um, yeah, Jack Palance is great. He really, he's, he's unbelievably convincing in his, mm-hmm. um, you know, love making like verbally you know when when he's when he's with her and he's acting loving towards her you you see why she falls for it well when i when and... i sat down and watched this i had i had no idea what was going to happen what it was about and but from the beginning i could tell something was off about this guy because of the way he's he is extremely convincing but he talks just a little bit too fast and his smile is just a little bit too intense it's like mm-hmm. palance did a great job of just kind of uh just slightly manic in the in the way he acted toward her so i could tell there was some tension there because from the beginning you have her decide not to cast him in this in this romance play she's writing and so of course there's some tension there but the way he acts after that and he's very nice almost just kind of sickly sweet a little bit mm-hmm. and i and then you know obviously once she finds out it's it's very intense i think one of my favorite parts is when she's um you know, figuring out how she's going to, you know, shoot him and frame the other one. And they they do that whole, like, kind of, you know, they zoom in on her eyes and they show her, like, the plan. And then when she actually goes to do the plan, it doesn't work out the way she thought it would. I love that. That's that's really, really brilliant. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. Because you think as she's going over it in her mind, you're like, okay, if it all just plays out like this, that'll be a little too picture perfect. But... As is often the case with film noir, nothing really goes to plan, and she has to deal with the consequences of that. Um, but oh gosh, and it's it's just so great. All the I, I'm amazed at the things, the little um, aspects of her plan that she thought of, like everything down to the the stocking and the you know putting the bruise on her ankle with the makeup and yeah. She takes that fall down the stairs, which is pretty intense yeah. too. It's, I don't know. She I don't does. know if she did that herself or if they had a. A stunt double or something, but she toppled down I'm those stairs sure. like a tramp. She, she did, she did, and and I love this about Joan Crawford. She can turn from, you know, vulnerable, sensual woman to scheming, calculating, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, on a dime. Like when she, after she has just first figured out that he's not who he's pretending to be. And she's trying to steal the key from his bedroom to um, to make another copy of it so she can go carry out her scheme. Uh, she she meets him and she kisses him and she says, 
I'm just wondering what I did to deserve you. And she, you know, he reads that as like, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm so amazing. And then she turns around and in 0.5 seconds, her face totally just masks over. And it's such a great moment. It's great writing too. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different things that I could say about Sudden Fear. And Joan Crawford has a lot of great movies. I mean, really, as we get towards the end, I'd like to just kind of list out a few more that I think anybody out there who's interested by this topic I mean there's there's so many more movies I'd love to recommend but um this is my favorite I mean I I've I've seen it several times it never gets old it's just always good you get goosebumps watching it you're rooting for her to win um yeah yeah it's just it's aces and she was nominated for an Oscar for it too she did not win but um I like this performance more than I liked it in uh, hers and Mildred Pierce actually I would agree with that. I think she she showed off her range a bit more in this movie. Well, it's funny Mildred because... Mildred Pierce? So I, I, I was going to say, I watched them backwards. So I watched Trog, then Straight Jacket, and then this movie. So when I got to this movie, I was like, oh, she can act. Like, this is great. <laughs> backwards, assuming yeah, that right. you know... Well, I mean, chronologically. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But uh, that, that scene when he pretends he's going to leave without her, he invites her to dinner and then he leaves... And uh, he pretends to leave and she's on the stairwell in his apartment and he's coming down. You know, he, He's like waiting for her to arrive because he's scheming. But she's there and her face is like perfectly anguished. And the way he look, she's looking up at him. And that's when I that's when I realized, OK, she's an actor like this woman can act. Um, yep. But it wasn't until after I had seen. Well, and I to, to be fair, I liked her performance in the other two. But this, you know, this movie gave her the chance you, to, you, like you know, completely. Well, yeah, I did. Anyway, I, she's very likable in this movie, though. I, I like that. So easy to root for. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely is. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree. Well, and in terms of, you know, I'm I'm a guy who loves movies, but I don't watch a lot of uh, the older ones like this, and so I'm one of those guys who naively thinks I oh, want an old movie. This is gonna not good. And I, you know, I was really just entranced by this movie and it, there's like a, a switch that flips halfway through where it almost turns into film noir. You know, it isn't until halfway through when she starts hearing, uh, he and his lover discussing how they're going to trick her out. And then it's like instant, the, the record records repeats. I know a way, I know a way, I know yes. a way. And she's like sitting there, you know, where you can tell she's thinking of what to do. And then she drops and breaks yeah. the record, the proof. And then, you know, it, it, and when she's in Ira's apartment and the little dog, you know, he, he comes in and winds up the dog and, it, and he almost finds her in the closet. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 it's like I said, it's really, really brilliant. So on this part, I definitely agree with Kelly. And there's some That's cool, awesome. there's some cool shots too, where, where she's pretending to be in bed. She puts pillows in the bed and she's about to go out and, and start her plan. And uh, Polance's character comes through the door and she's behind it. And the camera swings with her and shows him and then swings back. And it's like yeah. really well shot. Yeah. And, you know, you just don't see that kind of stuff today. And it's, yeah. And, yeah, no, I just, I, I, there's pretty much nothing about it that I didn't like. I just, everything was really well, you know, really perfect, actually. Yeah, I, I do agree. And it deserved, I, I can't remember if it actually did take home any of the Oscars, but it was nominated for several. Um, cinematography was one of them. And, and yeah, I mean, all, it's just all those powers combined forming this great, and this movie is not extremely well known either. You know, it's not very often talked about. If you look at 
you know, lists of Joan Crawford's best movies and every, you know, nobody can think of anything besides Mildred Pierce. Like Mildred Pierce is all you hear about, which is another reason I didn't pick it is because, you know, there's been, it's great, but there's been enough said about it. You know, I want to, I wanted to, I mean, I think this is better for me personally. And and I think more people ought to, ought to know it's available and they can, they can watch it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm psyched that you guys agree. Did, did it make you Mark want to, um, you know, watch any other Joan Crawford movies? Or yeah, I'll, I'll definitely not? have to check out Mildred Pierce's now. Uh, I was going to say, the only thing that didn't really age well for me was the scene. I liked the, I liked the plot device where we go through her plan and see yeah, her carrying I love it out. That part. But this, this, just the scene where she like pulls out this list. 7.30, I'm okay, going to do That part, I was like, this is kind of cheesy. But then when I saw where they were going with it, it yeah, worked for me. As a right, it's a, I, the, I felt the same way. Yeah. I was like, and just leaving all this evidence behind. Yeah, it shows Ira like being interrogated from, you know, off screen of these, you know, yeah. like, she screams and then it cuts off. Yeah. It was a little bit over the top, but other than that, yes. it was, I thought everything was great. Well, do you think, should we move on to um, our next chronological pick? Or is there anything anybody else wants to say about it? No, I think we're good. Cool. Okay, so next up would be Straight Jacket from 1964. Uh, Mark, you are correct. Well, actually, I guess you're technically both correct. This is my ugly pick. I get no credit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you said you disagreed with me, so I I take it back, Charles. Okay, okay. Um, So this is my ugly, and I will tell you why in two words. And those two words are Scooby-Doo. This movie completely plays out like an episode of Scooby-Doo, and I find it hilarious. I mean, every everything down to just the way they're acting, the insanity of the fact that she's... When Joan Crawford made this, she was almost 60, and she played herself as like a 30-year-old woman in the beginning. And, yeah. and, and yeah. it's just, it's so silly. And I mean, the big reveal at the end, and I won't spoil it for anyone who wants to watch it, but I mean, is that or is that not straight out? Like the reveal of, of the bad guy at the end of Scooby-Doo where they pull the mask <laughs> off his head and like, oh, it was this person the whole time. They literally pull a mask off her face in this one, yeah. Yes. Or him. But all that said... Yeah. <laughs> um, Did we do it a synopsis? Said, oh no! Gosh, I'm being really bad about that tonight. Um, okay. Because Mike is not here. Let me. Ah, oh, I know, mm. Mike. The glue. <laughs> you finally sound a lot better with your new mic, and and Mike Excellent. is not here to enjoy and it. Yeah. Ah. Well, hopefully he'll enjoy it from afar. Um, okay, so straitjacket. After a 20-year stay at an asylum for a double murder, a mother returns to her estranged daughter where suspicions arise about her behavior. AKA more axe murders start happening and it all signs point to her resuming her head chopping ways, but you know, bum bum bum, is it or isn't it? Can I just say is- for a movie titled Straight Jacket, there is almost no straight jacket in it. That is Do you realize true. that there's one scene for a few it's seconds in there. where it's like a montage. It's in there, but they never actually show her in straight jacket. <laughs> it's for, it's for a very William long. Castle film. Yeah. Um we're actually uh this was briefly mentioned in Feud. Then um, mm-hmm. John Waters played William Castle, which I thought was definitely inspired casting. Um, but uh, William Castle, you know, we're going to be doing one of his films, The Tingler, 
um, for 31 Days of Horror. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he was kind of a gimmicky uh, director. I mean, that's really what it was all around. And this one was all really about axe murdering and the decapitating people. And I, I um, this is the part where um, I, I disagree with you. I, I figured this would be your ugly. Um, but I actually really like this movie. Um, I would not put this as an ugly or a bad. It's just not as good as uh, your other movie or Mildred Pierce. It's just, I, I actually really, really enjoyed this a lot. Didn't think it was cheesy well, and it was really into the plot. There was a lot I enjoyed about this movie, but I still agree it's an ugly movie. The The plot, the plot it, is, is the worst part, I think. It's so... Okay, okay. So last episode you were talking about signs. This one I feel like set up a lot of the ending very well. The fact that the daughter made mask and and again i'm not trying to get into spoiler territory but they set up very very well what happens and it to me it played out like a slasher film like in the way that it did the slasher films very much happen this way where you don't know who the killer is and and they're brutal and you know okay no but they can do all those things and not do them well, like in this movie. Well, do you like slasher movies though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what? Like okay, this is this is a lot like like Friday the Thirteenth, the first one especially. Well, like it would I, I feel like in your Scooby Doo comparison, Kelly, that would you'd you'd be saying that Friday the Thirteenth plays out like Scooby Doo. No, because Scooby Doo, you know what's gonna happen. Like in this movie, I could tell who it was i was about to say who it was i could tell who the real bad guy in this movie was like a third of the way into i it. had no idea okay well no, <laughs> no comment then <laughs> no comment. for for those of us more intellectual watcher no like because it was just so obvious okay it made me laugh out loud that you have this former axe murderer who chopped off her husband's head come back and like they're they're decapitating chickens in front of her without a second thought, and they're like cutting a ham, like right, and they're just yeah. like sawing into yeah. a ham right in front of her, and they're all these yeah. like I don't know, it just seems so over the top. But what I really like, I like I like some of the directorial <laughs> stuff where there's a scene where she goes into the windmill structure where there where he is, uh, he does have the chicken, and the sound is great, and it's like <laughs> this constant grating sound of the windmill going above them as she's like watching him about to kill this chicken this this kind of weird help they have around on the farm and uh it, i think it just wasn't nuanced enough for, for it to be a for it to be close to a good movie for me i would agree with that mark like there's no nuance to it i really enjoy it so slasher movies you don't expect nuance but with you know a joan crawford suspense i, w- I would want a little more I guess I just like I said I I I I didn't see everything that was gonna happen and I really I really liked it I thought it was acted really well um, George Kennedy's in it um, yeah and I it even has a a little bit of Vertigo uh, in it you know I know Vertigo was you know, a few years earlier in the fifties but um, the fact that she's dressing up as a different character and you know you mentioned she's sixty playing whatever a few years ago. But, I mean, she did, they did try to make her look different. It wasn't like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, she looked different, but she looked like, I mean, and granted, maybe this is because now they've remastered it and we can see a little more detail of, like, the wrinkles on her face and whatnot. And maybe when it came out, that wasn't as glaringly obvious. Like, oh, this is clearly a 60-year-old woman. Um, so I don't, I, I mean, I 
I have no idea. Maybe I will that's say all that, is, that, but... that my wife thought it was amazing. They, she is like, well, how'd they do that? So I just... Re- okay. I'm being well, serious. Like, we both... Nice. We both really, really enjoyed this movie, actually. I mean, and that just goes back to this movie does have the secret sauce for me. I I love it. I could watch it a million more times and probably will. Uh, but it just, for all the reasons we've been describing it, is just a little too... Not not quite ready to, to or able to be described as good, but um, yeah, it's definitely ugly. I I do love it. It's it's um, I believe so. This was jo- Joan Crawford's second hag horror film. The first was Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Betty Davis. Um, again, you should re-listen to our hag horror episode if you've not already done so. But uh, those two would kind of become the queens of hag horror. And she probably would have been really good in. Um... Oh, what's the movie? The one after Baby Jane. Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Yeah, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte. Yeah, she, she, because, you know, for those of you that don't know, she was originally cast in that movie opposite Betty Davis again um, under the same director uh, as Baby Jane. And um, it was like a nightmare. Um, there, there's a lot of different things that happened, but basically she was asked to leave the picture. Um, and so they replaced her but uh but anyway so but she she probably would have been really great in that one too to be honest because that's i actually really like that movie yeah it, it's great and um olivia de Havilland does an excellent job but it would have definitely been intriguing to see them both together again because um you know their roles are kind of reversed right especially when that character was written i actually feel like yeah. it was written better than baby jane i i like it more i think yeah, I, I remember you saying that when uh, when we were doing the reviews and stuff on it. I yeah. think I still disagree, but um, I guess we shouldn't digress too much. But do you guys want to move on to Trog? Well, can... <laughs> oh, sorry, Mark, go ahead. Well, Whatever before we do... Okay, so it ended up Joan Crawford wasn't the killer, but she still was crazy, right? Because, she, because that scene with the boyfriend where he first comes over and she like flips to her old self and starts like is all over the guy yeah, but I she's mean, crazy does it make her a killer yeah, she just, just flipped out that you know one time 20 years ago or whatever i think they they definitely the killer we shall say um did a good job of knowing what her triggers would be i mean she dressed okay, her okay. up in the clothes and she made she gave her the wig so her hair would be the he, same he or she. yes yes they he, her, um, Sherm. Yes, <laughs> Sherm. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think I think that person knew exactly which buttons to push. But I, I'm sure she really did have like tr- a triggered okay. moment back to that memory. But anyway. you've convinced me. Okay, I'm back on board. <laughs> okay, I, re- I really enjoy it a lot, actually. I do too, <laughs> but I still think it's an ugly movie. I mean, yeah. Anyway. I actually, um, I watched them in the same order that Mark did, and I actually thought this was going to be your good movie for a little bit when I was watching it. Oh, interesting. That's cool. Charles, this is making me so happy that you usually, well, not usually, I should say, sometimes you're not necessarily... I can't wait, I can't wait. <laughs> all, uh, no, I love it, I love it. It's I'm good. glad. So, sometimes you, you're like, oh, I didn't like any of these three picks. So now you've liked two of them. So that's awesome. Did you notice at the end of the movie, the uh, head of the Columbia statue was I off? I did. It's that decapitated. was awesome. It's <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> All right. So I guess we should move on to Trog. Trog. Uh, please, let's do it. 
It is my bad pick. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, gosh, where to even start? I guess I'll be good and start with the synopsis this time. Um, okay, so a sympathetic anthropologist uses drugs and surgery to try to communicate with a primitive troglodyte who is found living in a local cave. Wait, troglodyte? Is that why they call him trog? Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. So I actually, oh. in relation to that, I... <laughs> God, your humor is so dry. I did not think that troglodyte meant that. I just thought troglodyte meant... I mean, does it mean caveman? I think so. It just became a pejorative for somebody who's not very intelligent. Right. Okay. Yeah. I did. I guess I never realized yeah. the connection. Yeah. But in this movie, they're... It's because it's, you are a troglodyte. That's right. But in this movie, they uh, <laughs> they, they, they act like, oh, it's, that's of course, that's why they call him trog. Like, yeah. it's just like, everyone knows that. And I'm like, well... I, you know, I remember the, the word troglodyte mostly from The Lost World when Jeff, or Ian Malcolm's daughter, calls him a troglodyte. And like, they, or she calls, calls someone a troglodyte. They're, they're troglodytes. They don't even have a Sega. It's like... <laughs> anyway. It's like, so, maybe she was calling him a caveman. Could be. So, Charles, do you, you seem like you have some feelings about this movie. What, uh, please share. So, yeah, I agree that this is bad. I agree with you on your bad. Um, it all, again, when I first watched it, I thought it would have been your ugly, but, um, I would never watch this again. This is a terrible (laughs) film. Um, and I, I don't, I think she's giving it her all. She's really trying, um, and, and like I was saying earlier, it's it's really sad to think this was her last like movie. And the fact that, you know, again after you watch Feud, if if you if what Feud presented is actually accurate, then she wanted to do this against her her um, agent's advice, and she had to go there to England and do things she was quite unaccustomed to do. Um, and you know, it, it's just a it's a really terrible film and it doesn't even make sense that the that trog doesn't have any hair on his legs or arms and they didn't have the money for that or didn't care about that um and it, uh, it's it's really bad but the worst part uh what's his is it michael i don't know how to pronounce his last name is the guy that played alfred in all the batman movies michael gal uh-huh. go Oh, um, yeah. His character is so annoying. You just want to punch him in the well, face. And I couldn't yeah. tell what his motivation was to be so he's confrontational. Just, he's just he, evil. Yeah, at one point he mentioned his business would go down or something, right. but it was just so unconvincing and a throwaway line. And I think he's what makes this movie terrible, though. He truly is. Yeah, so I mean... I well, feel, one of it. One of the I feel like anyway. it could have been a decent movie. I mean, I, I get what they're trying to do. It's... You know, I feel like there's been a lot of movies very similar where there's like people trying to protect like an alien creature, and I mean even E.T. where the you know they're trying to protect him and the government's trying to do something with him or harm him or whatever, you know. But so it would have been ahead of its time had it been a good movie, and in some ways it is ahead of its time, but it's still terrible and it's boring, really, really, yeah. really boring. Yeah. They it's. You know, they try to be all progressive, like, oh, she's a lady scientist who doesn't take any guff, and she just wants to get to the truth, and, you know, that's all great, and I agree with you, Joan, that's the thing, like, Joan Crawford is a professional, and she always, much like Barbara Stanwyck and Betty Davis and all of those ladies, you know, they don't, they just make a purse out of a 
you know, sow's ear or, or whatever the expression is. Like, they don't care if it's bad material. They're still going to give it their all. So hats off to them for that. But the script is so bad. The dialogue is so, like, all the delivery is so woodenly stated. And it's just... All the like, like winding up the little doll and treating him like he's a dog, and the whole weird scene where they're—I I still don't know if they were trying to tell us that they were accessing his memories of the prehistoric. Oh yeah, that was the claymation. Yeah, they were seeing his, and it was memories. long too. Yeah, it was. You could tell they had, they had paid somebody to do that, and they needed extra minutes of the film <laughs> yes. length. You know. Oh. <laughs> and it made I, no sense. Well, and I couldn't tell why they assumed he was as old as his species. Like, he couldn't have been a descendant, you know, or they just assumed he is this many thousands of years old. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was but, confused, uh, but very yeah. confused by that. <laughs> the thing that bothered me most, and this might just be a neurotic thing, was that the skin tone of his face mask did not match his arms and legs at all. Well, that's what, but the hair, the yeah, hair. hair, yeah, it just. They actually mentioned that in few. They mentioned that they didn't have the yeah. Think, oh, no one's gonna look at that or whatever. And I actually, they have to have found the same mask somewhere in a in a you know in the prop lot or something, or they did an excellent job of recreating it because in feud. Would you agree that his costume looked identical to the one from? Oh, the absolutely, movie? absolutely. In <laughs> fact, you know the thing about. Again, I feel like this is really a plug for Feud. But the thing I really, really liked about that movie is it... Um, or not that movie, that series. Uh, it, originally, I thought it was just going to all be about the making of Baby Jane. And then it's like several episodes in, it really goes off into a whole different thing. And they end up recreating, you know, parts of Straight Jacket. And they recreate parts of Trog. And they do a really good job of you know, showcasing their life and death, so to speak, um, for do. both women. And, 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 and that's cool because I really thought it was going to be a really narrow, narrowly focused series. And it really went a little more broad than I thought it would have. And I like that. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. I, I was a little impressed by the mask moving and like it, it looked a little more realistic than I thought it would from the beginning. Um, which is, which is funny. Cause I don't know if we've said this, how we met Charles, but, uh, <laughs> you and I, the met real story. A, yeah. The convention. And I was dressed, uh, it was like a sci-fi convention, but we were, I was there as, as Trog. I do um, remember this. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> it's just, so... and I, w- I was dressed as Joan Crawford and it, it just, it was connection. <laughs> <laughs> you looked stunning by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what ageless gams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yep. I'm sensing a recurring theme that yeah. Mark is trying to do. I I didn't pick up on it the first time, but I'm with you now. All I could, all I could think of when Joan Crawford picked up the gun was Joni's got a gun, and she's like shooting <laughs> yes. tranquilizers. But I I could not sympathize with with the good guys because they kept letting Trog do things. They they gave him way too much freedom when they knew he could be violent, and they were like they left the cage open with the young daughter there and like. None of it was convincing. Yeah. It just, it makes you wonder how this movie got made because it feels like everyone cared, except for Joan Crawford, so little about the production right. of it. Right. I'm, I am amazed that it exists. So in a way, it reminds me of when we were doing our um, Meteor movies. Uh, was was it was it Meteor? Was that the, the one with Sean Connery in it? 
Yes, yes. That we, that we talked about during... Okay, so much like that movie, this is a movie that you see the cast and you read the plot to it and you think it's going to be ugly. And you, you you hear it's bad. I mean, Trog is rated three and a half stars on IMDb. It probably deserves less than that. But, you know, you... you 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 read the concept and you're like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. But you watch it and it is not hilarious. It's not ugly. It's just slow and awful. And I mean, yeah, it's just bad. Well, it's hilarious as a concept and it's hilarious for like three and a half minutes. And then, yes. And then you're like, oh, I'm over it. Okay. Exactly. Because you can't go anywhere with this idea. There, there's no making it even ugly out of this right. so yeah okay well um i guess that's all i have to say about these movies but i would just quickly like to if it's okay take a second to plug something for any of our nashville listeners um the belcourt theater nashville's nonprofit film center in hillsborough village is doing a betty and joan tribute series on weekends in the month of june um the 17th and 18th will be a double feature of hush hush sweet charlotte and straight jacket and they'll close out the series on June 24th and 25th with Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Um, so like we've been saying, we've talked about a lot of these movies in reviews and podcasts in the past. So go ahead and revisit those. And, you know, if you are in Nashville, like, it's so cool to see movies like that on the big screen. So definitely be sure to take advantage of that opportunity. Cool. And I guess uh, we should probably plug uh, here and there as well. So we're going to have uh, episode six that we said. What do we say? Where are we at? Dr. No? Yes, Dr. No is next. Okay. For episode six. And there's more of that. And um, yeah, so we'll get a lot of a lot of stuff happening with that. So pretty cool. And hopefully we'll get back on track. We were talking about the idea of doing some live episodes, maybe. Kelly sounds like she's possibly on board with that. So we may do some YouTube broadcast. Um, um, might be kind of interesting to do. We'll see. Yeah, cool. maybe so. All right, so Charles, next time you're up, so what do you, you want to reveal your topic for us? Okay, so um, my genre that I want to do is live action movies that star a talking animal. And um, I'm torn because um, right before we did this episode, uh, right before we started it, Mark mentioned in passing a movie that I hadn't considered, but I'm really torn. Um, but I, I think I have to stick with my original on this one. So, Pixar, Howard the Duck, Babe, and a talking cat? Because um, it has <laughs> yeah. exclamation marks and question marks. Um, okay. So, well, it has one exclamation, one question, one exclamation. Yeah, yeah. So, which little, is not a standard use of I didn't do, uh didn't do quite enough excitement then, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's, uh, so Howard the Duck, Babe, and a talking cat. No. A talking cat? <laughs> a talking cat? They put a talking a... cat? <laughs> they put a lot of thought into, the, into how they were going to in-punctuate that title, Charles. <laughs> yeah. They put a lot of something. Read it right. <laughs> um, anyway, so the, the yeah, um, that's, that's my... <laughs> now, for those of you that are wondering what the other movie I was considering, which I will probably talk about, um, it would have been Thinks Killing, which stars a, a talking turkey. Um, it sure does. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Um, but, Mr. Falcon. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, but I actually 
I do want to bring up Thanks Killing, so it may go on our 31 Days of Horror list. Oh, the God. problem is I could have dropped another movie because we already kind of mapped it out. But, um, <laughs> but yes, it, it that that yeah yes okay well that so yeah that's my that's my pick for next time. All right. All right. Excellent. That should be interesting. <laughs> well, you can check us out at itsjustawesome.com or on iTunes at Good Bad Podcast. And <laughs> we really have to work out the ending here. Is it Twitter Good because... Bad Podcast? I'm not even sure. Do you find us on iTunes at Good Bad Podcast? I guess you do. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah that's do. what I just did. Okay, yeah. cool. Because there's, yeah, we've changed it up a little bit recently. And I think you actually have to put it all together as one word. Right. You to do. search for it. Right. So Good Bad Podcast or um, Here and There. Now, I think that has to be spaced out. <laughs> We have we have two podcasts on iTunes, and I have yet to figure out exactly how the search works on it. I don't I don't know, but um, we we are adding more and more of our old episodes. We've taken a lot of them down. We switched them around, so um, they'll be going up there and new artwork and whatnot. Um, so yes, we are getting our act together. Season three, you know, forty six episodes in now. So that's right. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah um but but yeah so uh we will have everything up there um i'm trying to think if there's no that's pretty much it yeah i think i think we're good for right now okay all right guys well so you can check us out (laughs) 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 when when does season four start do we start is it in august or october Um, of what of this of this you're kind of the mid-season replacement, I guess. What's a season? Uh, well, it's just a year time frame. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're in, we're. I think we're. I believe we're in season three right now. Um, yeah. You've been doing this for longer than three years, haven't you? Uh, no, 2014. Oh wow. Well, okay. And so, um, we yeah, it just feels longer, doesn't it? Um, no, but we we the thing is, you we've averaged the first two seasons had twenty episodes in them, and as we said, we're in forty six. So the season. We're either going to have to make a lot of episodes between now and I think October or, um, or we'll just have a really short season, but, but we've done like yeah. six month gaps. Now, a lot of stuff has happened in that time frame, you know, so I think Mark and I have both had children together, so <laughs> I don't know if you know how we met, but that's a, that's a, a fertility that's clinic. That's a story for another yeah. time. <laughs> there was a mix up and... Now we're. <laughs> I've seen that movie. That's now it. we're platonic partners raising two daughters. <laughs> Check it out from WB <laughs> this summer. <laughs> I would watch it. Um, but yes, that, that's that's part of the reason. So anyway, all right. Well, cool. We've got a long time in with this discussion. Or mostly this well, outro. The discussion was great, but the outro. <laughs> <laughs> do we want to just do a clean restart on the outro? No, heck no. This is going in there. <laughs> they need to see warts and all, don't they? All right. Or here, I guess. <laughs> well, they'll see it if we do the live episode, yeah. live YouTube. Yeah. Oh, um, the the Friday the 13th game. Um, uh, this is totally random. I'm sorry. But we were talking <laughs> about slashers. It made me think of this. They... Um, there's a Kickstarter campaign from 2015 that I funded, and um, 
they finally released the game on PS4. Um, I have very mixed feelings about it, but I'll be playing it a lot lately. It's pretty cool because you can play as the counselors or Jason online, and it's pretty intense. So check it out if you're a Slasher fan or Friday 13th fans. I love Kickstarter stuff anyway. So anyway, that's all I want to say. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for for talking some Joan Crawford with me. Um, Interested to see your Talking Animals episode next week. (laughs) Me too. A, A rollicking good time. All right. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye.